What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. I'm trying to give me a bag. 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 What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to FY Fly the Podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, aka the kid that did, the man that can. See yo sonny, baby. And I'm here with the top notch general, Remy G, aka Mr. Make a Play. How everything going, bro? What's up, what's up, my boy? I'm doing great. It's crazy, though, because around this time last year, man, I was headed up to Tennessee, but that chapter of our lives closed. Nah, for real, bro. On the big and better things, baby. Well, y'all know here at FY Fly, we like to start off our show with a meaningful quote about money. And y'all know this is a show about financial literacy. And financial literacy at its simplest understanding not only how to budget your money, but being able to save and grow your money effectively and efficiently. And today, my quote comes from Susie Orman. I love the Roth IRAs. Tax-free income and retirement is truly a great deal. <laughs> yes, ma'am, Miss Susie. You better talk that talk, girl. So with that being said, in this episode, we really want to lock in and chop it up about different investment vehicles that can lead to generational wealth. Today, we're going to focus on two, a Roth IRA and a high-yield savings account. We're going to talk about what those are, why they're such a key component to wealth building, and then we're going to jump into our insightful interview with Miss Ashley Bankable Facts. What's up, what's up? Oh, y'all haven't heard? FY Fly just released their new website. Check out the link in the show notes and help us test out our site. Please check our free features, educational resources, and our blog that we update daily. We look forward to hearing from y'all. Now let's dive in. So Big G, man, you know we don't waste no time around here, bro. Roth IRAs, man. Tell our lovely FY Fly folks what in the world those are. For sure, my brother. So a Roth IRA, first of all, is a retirement account. The IRA and Roth IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account, and these accounts are the truth. We can't even lie to you. These accounts are the truth because not only does your money grow tax-free, but if you need it to, you can withdraw your contributions. And after five years, you can even withdraw your contributions and your growth. But let's give a clear example of how this works, bro. I want to make sure everyone listening clearly knows what a Roth IRA is and how to utilize one. So boom, we're going to use me as an example. Okay, so I want to go open up a Roth IRA. Many brokerages like Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade have IRAs. What about Robinhood and other brokerages like that? Well, Robinhood and the newer digital brokerages don't usually have IRAs. So you can feel free to stick to a bank or a brokerage that has proven to be reliable. So yeah, I go to Fidelity or open one online because it literally takes 10 minutes to apply and open up a Roth IRA. All you do is fill out all the information that they ask you for, and then you fund your Roth IRA. And this is called a contribution. And as we said, all your contributions will grow tax-free. Okay, okay. So this must be the opposite of 401ks. Because I know a 401ks, your contributions aren't taxed in the beginning. But they are taxed when you pull them out. So if you believe your taxes will be higher in the future, the Roth IRA might be the right move. Because like we'll continue to repeat, with the Roth IRA, you pay taxes on the front end. So your contributions and growth will grow tax-free. Exactly, bro. So the contributions are coming from your income. And this is another reason why Roth IRAs are so lit. There are no age requirements to contribute to a Roth IRA. So you can even open up a custodial Roth IRA for your kid. Boy, say put them kids to work, man. 
No cap, no cap, because you can only contribute to a Roth IRA from income. So you got to put in the work, man. But yeah, back to my example. The money that I'm putting into this Roth IRA is coming from my income that I make in my job and my business. So the smart thing to do is set up automated contributions into that Roth, whether it be $50 a week or $50 a month. The biggest thing is just getting started. But hey, G, you can touch on the growth factor that comes with Roth IRAs. Speaking with Ashley Bankable Facts, bro, she said a lot of people throw their money in a Roth and forget to buy an investment. What? How could they do that? That's the whole purpose of a Roth. It's to buy an investment that appreciates tax-free through a tax advantage account like a Roth IRA. So once Son is contributed and set up automated contributions, he needs to pick an asset like a stock, bond, ETF, CDs, or a money market fund. But in this case, y'all know CEO rocking with an ETF, which is a group of stocks. Huh, Son? Come on, man. You know how I get down. ETF me, baby. I'm a player safe. I already know him, bro. So now it's just like regular investing. You continuously add money to your Roth, buy assets that appreciate or grow over time, and then guess what? You let that money grow. Tax-free, that is. What's up, tax-free? Ran off on the plug. You tried to tax me. My fault, my fault. But nah, that's <laughs> how simple a Roth is. Not too complicated. But son, why do we even need to be worrying about retiring right now, bro? We're super young. Compounding interest, bro. Compounding interest is basically interest on interest. It's how your money makes money. In this story, time is a magic potion, which is why the earlier you start investing money, the better. So in that way, you can ride the ups and downs of the market over time. Because over the last hundred years, the stock market is giving a return of what? Seven to ten percent a year? Man, instead of letting our money sit, we gotta take advantage of compounding interest and have our money working for us. But speaking of compounding interest, let's touch on the importance of having a high yield savings account. So a high yield savings account is simple. It's a savings account that gives you a higher yield or return back on your money. Yeah, because those banks, hard banks we know and have been using for years, only give us 0.003% back on our money while they take our money and go do options trading with it. Yeah, y'all go check out that options episode with Amir and Amara of the money-making individuals. It's what the banks do with our money, so you might as well learn about how to do it yourself. No cap. Something else they do with our money that we give them is invest into life insurance. Because remember our whole life episode, we talked about being able to borrow from your own policy, pay your own self back, and basically become your own bank. Yeah, bro. How could I forget? I ain't never heard of that before. Me neither, bro. But that's what companies like Walmart and Disney did to fund their empires. So back to these high-yield savings accounts, the majority of these accounts will be online because they can afford to give you a bigger return back on your money because they don't have to pay for a brick-and-mortar location. They also have some traditional banks, but the biggest determinant is the yield that these accounts offer. Just like a year before COVID, accounts were given up to like 1.5%. Now, the highest is about 0.50 to 0.60%. Before anyone tries to say, wow, 0.50%, that's not a lot. Now, it ain't too much, but it is much, much more than that 0.003% that your regular degular bank is giving you. Facts, because zero times anything is always going to be zero. We'd rather have our money working for us instead of just sitting. Nah, for real, because big-time entrepreneur Grant Cardone said money is useless unless put to work. So this account should be used as your peace of mind fund, not your emergency fund. Here at FY Fly, we don't like to call it an emergency fund. Not at all, bro. That's just inviting bad vibes and negativity, man. Facts, G. And that's why we call it a peace of mind fund, because knowing you have money to fall back on whenever you need it is a great feeling, which in turn creates peace of mind. So yeah, we save our peace of mind fund in a high yield savings account. 
Normally, folks say they save up to three to six months. But with COVID, if that hasn't taught us anything, we need to be saving at least six to 12 months now. So go ahead and save six to 12 months of your expenses. And then the rest of that needs to be invested into stocks, real estate, businesses, basically anything that give your money a return and beat inflation. Because they're joining at like, what, 5% right now? So if your money is not making that, then you're losing. But if you want to win, put Remy G in, baby. Man, you already know Mr. Make a Player show you how to beat inflation. No cap. Now we're going to take a quick break and slide into our insightful interview with Miss Ashley Bankable Facts. Let's go. Yo, this your boy CEO Sonny, a.k.a. The Kid That Did. And before we really jump into our show, I just wanted to let y'all know I've officially dropped my clothing line HRTs. And we're starting off with our four flagship designs. We have CEO, creating everyday opportunities. For my FY Fly ladies out there, we have WWW, Women With Wealth. For my FY Fly fellas, because y'all know we can't leave y'all out, we also have our investment shirts. And last but not least, we have our run-up-a-check shirts. Thank y'all for tapping in with us. The link will be in the show notes. Hope y'all enjoy the show. Let's go. What's up, what's up, my fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. And today we are speaking with Miss Debt Free Ashley V, a.k.a. Ashley Bankable Facts, baby. How you doing? How you doing? Hi. Hey, Hassan. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So so happy to have you here today. So tell us a little more about you, your background, and really what inspired you to promote financial literacy the way that you do. Um, my name is Ashley Van Dean. I'm a respiratory therapist um, from Baltimore. Um, and Bankable Facts is the name of my community. It started on Instagram. And it's all about financial literacy um, focused on investing for beginners um and i want to inspire people who look like me um you know other healthcare professionals other other millennials and gen z's with immigrant families um other black women and men um doing the nine to five hustle um whether or not they want to stay in the corporate world or use you know their nine to five benefits as a solid solid stepping stone into entrepreneurship i love it i love it i love it so you know fy fly we don't waste no time here so i'm gonna start us off strong miss ashley so like i said we're so excited to have you here today to talk about different wealth building vehicles that can really grow our money because i feel that the days of saving in a regular regular savings account are over so let's really start there why should we be saving our money in a high yield savings account rather than a regular savings account yeah high yield savings accounts are great they became popular maybe like 10 years ago or so when i first read read about high yield savings account in a finance book and the interest rate that they offered was like almost at two percent i remember i opened a high yield savings account and i got an interest rate that was like almost 2% and I received whole dollar amounts in interest, right? When you compare that to what you get at your brick and mortar, it's like maybe you get 27 cents every quarter, you know, like nothing really. Yeah, it's like (laughs) 0.0003. Nothing really, um, you know, go and tell mom about. So high yield savings account, they're great, not just because they offer higher interest rate, um, but because they offer more flexibility, right? So these days, the high yield savings accounts, the interest rates are not as they were. 
And that was because the federal government had changed interest rates, and so the banks followed suit. And that's that's just something that re- reactionary that happened um, due to COVID, right? There's a lot of things financially that change um, to to adjust for changes because of COVID, and so that was one of the things. And so banks aren't offering the same, giving you the same interest rates as they did once before. Nonetheless, it doesn't mean in high yield savings accounts you shouldn't run to them, right? That they're they're great because they give you so much flexibility. You don't pay banking fees. You don't pay to transfer money. Um, you, you can get a you can get a card like an actual debit card. You can have ATM access just about anywhere. Um, you don't have to have any minimum balances, no overdraft fees, like all of those great things that you would want in a bank, right? You can get um, as at a at a institution that offers um, a high yield savings account um, with that competitive interest rate. So where do you have your high yield savings account? I have mine with Chime, and I actually I feel like I talk about Chime a lot. So hey Chime, if y'all listen, I'm gonna need need a partnership, sponsorship, or some help help a brother out. <laughs> but where do you where do you have your uh, high yield savings account? I I invest with Fidelity. Everything about me, almost everything about me financially, is with Fidelity. My Roth IRA is with Fidelity. Um, a rollover IRA. Mm, mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm a business owner now, so I have a, a, a SEP IRA and that's with Fidelity and I have my emergency fund with Fidelity and a high yield savings account. Okay. Yeah. Keep that in mind. We're going to, we're going to tap back into that a little later. Cause I, I've, I've wanted to learn about that for a minute. So you're going to be putting me in and the fly folks on something. So, but I did want to ask you, I want to start off with, with the basics, you know, cause most people are familiar with 401ks and there's really a lot of mixed advice when it comes to this certain investment vehicle. You know, some people say, yay. And some people say, nay. So what's your thoughts on investing into 401ks? 401ks are awesome. You know, um, Typically, your employer gives you a bonus for just putting money inside of the account, and that bonus is called a match. Mm-hmm. And um, you can, you know, when you leave that job, you can take whatever money you've put into the account and plus the match, um, depending on the vesting period. So if the, the employer says, you know, you're vested right away, 100%, then, you know, if you left the job in six months, you can take all of that money, the money you put in the account and any gains from that, and then you can take a, take the match money with you. But some employers, you know, some other employers, they'll vest you with the match money after three years or two years, whatever the term is. So, you know, that's one thing about mm. having a 401k is that you get that. A lot of people say, see people say free money. I like to think it's money that's slated for you, like it's part of your salary. So make sure you, you, uh-huh. you're, you're on game to get that money. Um, number two is mm. 401k is like, you know the nine to five persons. Some most of the times is you know your first access to investing in the market, and it's like it's like top notch investing because it's tax free investing or it's tax deferred investing, um, depending on what kind of um, how you're investing the money. Your four hundred one k are you investing it pre tax in a traditional four hundred one k or are you investing it post tax in a Roth four hundred one k. Um, so yeah, if you're putting money mm-hmm. into our traditional 401k, which is 
most of the times that's that's probably the only option. Only some employers give you the Roth option. But if you're putting money in traditional 401k, you get to reduce your taxable income. Meaning that, let's say, for example, you made 80 grand last year in salary, and you put away about $10,000, you're only paying taxes on $70,000. You know, um, last year I okay. made. For example, last year I made you know close to six figures, and I had maxed out my 401k um, and HSA. It's so much so that I lowered my taxable income below seventy-five thousand dollars, and so I qualify for a stimulus check just based on that. So all so that. That's a big, so that's a big. That's real, real big play right there. <laughs> yeah, it was a play, um, and you know. Having access to a 401k is privilege, right? Because not every employer offers one. Um, and when we look at the racial breakdown of that, African Americans are not are disproportionately, um, and, and other minorities are not, you know, in the high ranks for that. So, you know, don't um, pass up the offer if that is the case for you. It's like make sure as soon as you get a new job they do offer one that you know day one you're signed up so do you think it would be beneficial for us to have a 401k and an ira and for those who don't know can you please explain what an ira is as well explain what an ira is. so you know 401ks uh 43bs tsps 457bs these are all brokerage accounts you would have access to based on your employer's tax code uh, classification so for example, if my employer is a for-profit, they're going to be uh, they're going to offer me a 401k. If my employer is a is a nonprofit, they're they're going to offer me a 43b. If it's a government employer, TSP. If it's a tax exempt um, kind of employer, um, like policemen and, and teachers would have access to a 457b. Um, and so those accounts are only associated with employers. They're employer-sponsored. Outside of that, you can open okay. up an individual retirement account or an IRA. And so you're the sponsor, you're the individual, you're the sponsor, so you can choose where you want to open it up, right? You can choose Fidelity, um, TD Ameritrade, anywhere that offers you that option to open up an IRA. And so why do you want to open up an IRA? You can invest in, regular, in a regular, regular investing account, but you would want to make sure that you hit up, you know, those tax advantage accounts so that you are keeping most of your gains, right? That's the whole play in the game is that taxes, you pay taxes on your income that you earn from work, but you're also going to be, you know, slated to pay taxes on your investments. And so if you can reduce how much taxes uh. you pay on your investments, then that's why it's typically recommended to start with your 401k, open an IRA. Um, and I have both, right? I qualify for both. And so I'm using all the ones that I qualify mm. for. Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah, huge. Because we're talking that's huge because we're talking about, you know, so many different investment and saving vehicles. So what I want to do now, I want to list out uh, a bunch of different vehicles and I need you to list them into the highest priority. You ready? OK, bet. so I have 401k, Roth IRA, high yield savings account, health savings account, taxable brokerage account and life insurance. So rank them in priority for our listeners or in the order of what they need to hop on first. 
Um, let me just say savings account. We're going to put that at the top. Um, before you okay. jump right into investing, you need to get the basics, right? So determine how much you need even need in savings. Like they say three to six months, three months based on like, if I feel confident that I can get a job, finding a job in three months yeah. might be my thing. Six months, if it's, it may take a while or I have some kids or I have a little bit more responsibility, I have a business, I kind of need a little bit of cushion, right? So you should be having having a couple of thousands just sitting pretty in a savings account or a high yield savings account to earn a little bit of interest. Um, and then I uh. think sim simultaneously, you know, up to a point, you should start if your employer offers you a 401k and they're offering you a match, you should be putting enough to uh, or or up to what the match is while you're building your investment. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, your your emergency savings in a high yield savings account. And um, so once <clears throat> those two once those two things are kind of going very well, you've met your your savings goal. Um, above that, maybe consider opening a Roth IRA and investing there as well. Remember, you know. When you put money inside of the Roth IRA, you have to choose your own investments. You can invest about just about anything that you want to because you're not, um, you know, in the 401k, you only have a few options to choose from. In the Roth IRA, you can, there's many options, many more options, depending on the brokerage that you chose. Um, and uh. then let me just slide in that life insurance plug that you, you mentioned there. Um, life insurance, <laughs> if... If, if it's appropriate. So I do not have life insurance because I do not have any dependents, right? Um, my mom has gotcha. life insurance, and which I am the policy beneficiary or something like that because um, my brother is under the age, he's 11 years old. Um, and, you know, we have assets together and, you know, all those things. So... Um, if so, it's the idea that if I should the post person who has life insurance, if they should pass away, you want to make sure that your 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 funeral expenses are covered, and also that income is there to take care of minors, right? So that is appropriate for my mom, but and and she has term life insurance right after uh, the term of uh -huh. 20 years or 30 years there's no more life insurance benefit to have from it um and that's appropriate for mm -hmm. my mom right and for me having life insurance is not appropriate for me right now and when i have kids or if i so happen mm -hmm. to have somebody depending on my income then i i'd consider getting um term life insurance only um the next one, the HSA, um, and I do these things simultaneously, so don't take it <laughs> really, really serious. So the HSA is okay. another um, account that if it's appropriate for you to have it, then you should have it, right? So you have to have a high deductible health insurance plan, um, not just the preventative mm. plan that you have access to when you're picking your health insurance, but that, that like the higher one, the higher premium. Um, and so 
you gotcha. need to figure out if that is appropriate because you know in case of a medical emergency you will have to pay more out of pocket and so that's why having enough in your emergency fund is is important here because then mm. you can you can take a hit if that's the case right I'm sorry to interrupt you. What age would you recommend a health savings account? Would it be like right out of college, like 21, 22, or more of like, you know, 26, 27, 28? What do you, what do you think? Accounts, the sooner you can get your hands on it, the better. Um, but typically, like, like <clears throat> let's think about it, right? So most, most 20, 21, 22 year olds getting out of college, Oftentimes you're still on your parents' insurance. You can be on your parents' insurance until you're 26. So, you know, if, uh, if that is, they have a high deductible plan and you can qualify for an HSA based on that. Um, but then you, again, you're on your parents' plan. So I, I don't, I'm not sure how it works for that. Um, but again, uh -huh. you should have, before having an HSA, it's not an age thing, it's, it's, it's a money thing, like are you ready thing, right? So do you have a, a fully funded gotcha. emergency fund? Um, do you, um, you understand that you're going to pay higher premiums, right? But then you're going to get better coverage, right? Uh -huh. So like a really expensive medical emergency happened, you will have to meet the, the $5,000 deductible and after that everything is covered, right? So you, Understanding the terms of those things is important. Like the sooner you can understand if it's appropriate for you to have that account, and if you can, that's gotcha. great because it's tax-free in investing. And if you can have that money growing tax-free from the age of twenty-one until forever, like that alone can be like a million-dollar account, right? And just give it a couple of years. Um, so. Yeah, as as with all things, it all depends. Gotcha, gotcha. So just to recap um, the, the list of priorities, first, it would be the high yield savings account to make sure that you're good for your present and for your future. And then it would be the 401k. And then we have the Roth IRA. And then you, you kind of put life insurance at the last. So I'm thinking the taxable brokerage account is before life insurance or at any point right um i mean we can put it first if you have dependents you want to make sure that i i, I want to say have your emergency savings in your high yield account you know and and do the 401k simultaneously but there's no like you know you don't wait you just you can do walk and chew gum at the same time you need to establish if you need yeah life insurance right you know, am i a parent um do i do i have dependents is if when i'm gone will somebody <clears throat> suffer because my income isn't coming in anymore um and you know and if you are thinking about getting life insurance don't get it from somebody at your job who's selling you life insurance um go get it from a reputable agency that has been around for a while and, and they're going to continue to be around for a while um, and then, you know, you might get better deals, right? Where you might need like a, a multi-million dollar policy based on what you will, what's, what will be missing when you're gone, right? For years to come if your kids are young. Um, but yeah, so it's like you can assess like, is it appropriate for me to have? And let me, let me go ahead and, and, and get that policy going. 
Okay, so I I hear that you're saying so you're you seem like more of a component for like term life insurance uh, because you mentioned you know looking out for the dependents and you know making sure that they have money, making sure they're straight. What's your thoughts on whole life insurance? I think there's another one, whole life and permanent life insurance. Um, they kind of have an investing component because I actually just got uh huh. Yeah, I actually just got the IU. I actually just got an IUL um, whole life insurance. Yeah, so yeah, they have um, uh, insurance policy to them, and then piggyback on top of that, they sell sell it as an investment. Um, I like to keep them separate. I think that your and and to keep it separate, you just buy a term insurance policy that expires after thirty years, forty years, whatever, and then um, <clears throat> and it's cheaper. And then any money that is above that, that you would have paid for insurance and investing separate. Um, and it actually works out mathematically that you would come out ahead if you keep them separate, right? So by term insurance and then the extra money that you would have paid um, to get the IUL, you take that money, you invest it yourself. And you take all the profits, right? Because that's what the insurance companies do. They will take your money, invest it, and then guarantee you something something below their profits, right? So that they can make money. It's it's a money making uh-huh. scheme. So um, again, like there's a there's two schools of people. People who are like IULs are bad, you know, and term is good. And then there's uh-huh. people who are just like you know, whole life IULs, they're great. And I'm just, for me, the math doesn't make sense. So I always recommend keeping your, your insurance and your investments completely separate. The way that I looked at it for my whole life policy, I would like something where I'll be able to, you know, invest in, you know, and have the protection for my, cause I actually put my mom as my beneficiary cause I don't have any kids. So I wanted to do that, you know, for her and then also get the investment piece on the side. But another benefit of the IUL is being able to borrow against my policy and then not have to, you know, pay back a bank. I basically become my own bank so I can withdraw from that policy, pay, I think it was um, like 3% interest. And while my money is making like 7% interest. So, you know, I'm gaining 4% just for, you know, pulling out that money and, you know, putting money back in. So, you know, I, I definitely see, you know, the benefit to both sides. You know, I was interviewing a, a term life guy who, who's, who's really a strong believer in term life. And he said, buy the term and invest a difference. So that reminded me of what, what you said. And then it's funny, at the end of this season, we're going to be talking to a guy who sells whole life. And he's actually the guy who hooked me up with my policy. And, and you know, it's, it's just, you know, what about, about what works for you? And I feel like with with the term life, you know, you get to take advantage of that compounding interest. So could you touch on, you know, the importance of compounding interest for us? Root of why investors, you know, say start now, don't wait, start now. Because, you know, as soon as you can get like a good chunk of change in there, then you can just chill and never not do anything and just become rich in a matter of time. And so it's the idea that, you know, I invest 
$10,000. My $10,000 makes money. That money makes money. That money makes money. That that money with all yeah. that money that made money makes money. And that will continue to make money and make money and make money, right? <laughs> so that's the whole idea yeah. of compound sure. interest. And the bigger that money be is, then the more money it'll make just without and you know you can at a certain point you can contribute no more and you will become a millionaire so that's kind of where i am right now right so i'm almost at 100k in investments and okay after reaching this goal which i probably will in a couple of weeks um i'm like 5k away um and so after reaching this goal if i no longer put another invest another dollar i'll be a millionaire 1.5 million i'll have a 1.5 million dollars by the age of 65. that's crazy right like i'm 28. that's something everyone can do yeah that's something that everyone can do right like you like did i say that you have to buy five real estate properties no right it's like you know, do I say, did I say you have to have a 20% down payment? No, like you can start investing with, <laughs> with your, you know, I started investing 1% of my salary when I started. Cause I was like, I'm so scared. I don't want to take, I, like, I, again, I wasn't making a lot of money. So to, to put 10%, to put 15% was just, it was hard, yeah. right? Until I got some things squared away. I had my emergency fund. I got rid of some debt. I, you know, I got more educated, more financially literate. And I was like, okay, and I understand how this goes about. I have a tangible goal to work towards, you know, like understand the time value of money. And so it becomes easier and it becomes easier and easier the little by little that you take it. And the big thing that for our listeners listening right now, the big thing that she said there was she started with 1% and kept on working her way up so that that's huge that's something we need to and that's the biggest thing is just starting and then you know it's, it's that's the hardest part honestly <laughs> it's just starting and i started with one percent uh-huh. at age 23 that was that's exactly. how old you are right now and um <laughs> so <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it takes it takes when you under when you have knowledge it builds your confidence and so it's easier <clears throat> to make moves um so it's a pace yourself yeah for sure so i saw that you gra- actually graduated from uh salisbury a few years ago and they actually recruited me to play football there so you know just put yourself back in that position you know in my audience shoes you're in high school college just graduated you know what are your next money moves in this current you know post climate uh post covid climate hopefully <laughs> uh what are, what are your next money moves saving, have an emergency fund, like rack, like get to get to 5k, get to 10k, something like that, right? But also like as you're I'm I'm of course you have income coming in, right? You get you get a new job. Um you know, get to a number that is appropriate. Like this number makes me sleep well at night. And I know that if I lose my job within if I have three months to look for a job because I have three months of income yeah. put aside um, or three months of expenses put aside. So make sure you have like some uh. savings with you, right? And then if you have a job, they offer 401k, 43b, TSP, whatever their retirement plan is, make sure you put enough just to get the match. Another thing is I want you to spend 
right? I want you to spend with intentionality, <laughs> right? Like, it's like this uh -huh. money thing, like, Talk you know, you're, you're investing for your future. And that's such, such a great thing to do is that, you know, you are investing for your future so that present you and future you, you guys are living the same kind of lifestyle. Like we're talking about champagne birthdays yeah. right now and champagne birthdays lifestyle in to continue on past now. Right. Um, so if you like to travel, uh, make that a priority, like put aside some money, like religiously into a travel fund so that when that invite comes, you are ready. Like it's not cute no more to be like, nah, money. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's prepare for that. Um, you know, get into mentorship, read books, like, okay, social media could be a springboard for information, but like, read the books, then go on social media and compare notes. Like, okay, this person legit is legit. This person's legit. Like this, all of this information makes sense. It's all clicking to me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Like, Yes, be financially conscious, but also like design the perfect life you've always wanted to be because you're being financially conscious. Like being financially conscious gives you the authority to like to walk a certain way, right? Talk, talk that, talk that. Now nah, you you are you are spot on, believe me, because that's exactly what financial literacy, being financially educated, does. It gives you that confidence. It gives you those options to to really do whatever you want to allow you to live the lifestyle that you want. And you know, it was definitely some a lot of gems you you dropped oh. on, uh, on that last question. You know, definitely shout out our girl Fly Nance with that travel fund. You gotta shout her out. I do love how you really love to talk about or you know preach the high yield savings accounts and the emergency funds because the emergency fund is huge and the way i look at it money acts as like a safety net that provides you with peace of mind and that's why in my upcoming financial literacy app we don't call the uh we don't call our emergency fund an emergency fund we call our emergency fund a peace of mind fund so do you agree that money can provide safety I think so for so long been conditioned to think not to go after money or especially for women to to put so much emphasis on financial stability. Um, you know, money is important. That's how good people are, are able to help a lot of people who are in need, right? Man, money amplifies your values. Right. Um, you need money to optimize your life, right? Not to, to, to have good shelter and, and and security and food and medicine and um to be charitable and to have leisure like you know mm -hmm. we talk about vacation as this as if it's like um it, it's such a privileged thing it is a privileged thing but you know having leisure being creative and how you how you rest is important for the grind right you can't grind all the time without resting what's the point of that um, and then also maybe, maybe the, the grind culture had been, um, such, such a, like a mantra for so long that people are realizing we don't really like the grind. Like it, this is becoming <laughs> like, you know, struggle money is not happy money. And so that's what, maybe that's what <laughs> money doesn't buy happiness comes from is Ooh, struggle money is not ha Oh no. You got to say that one again. 
what'd you say what'd you say struggle money is not happy money by no me what is it but by any cost then of course it won't buy your happiness because you're not enjoying what you're doing you there's no meaning in what you're doing and so of course you'll be like once you get to that money that you were trying to that money goal you're trying to achieve you wouldn't have enjoyed it because you struggle through it right and and so you would associate the money with the struggle and so that's where you're like, like money doesn't buy happiness and so i'm just going be care carefree with it or you know careless with it and so because uh, i tried it this one way it didn't work and so it must be the money that's the thing it's not as opposed to yeah. how i went about getting the money gotcha gotcha yeah that you gonna see you gonna see that gotcha gotcha yeah that you gonna see you gonna see that uh quote on instagram believe me i'm, I'm definitely give you flowers for that one because that, that was hard <laughs> so i got a, i got a, a few more questions for you you know what are some positive money habits that you do personally and if you have any negative let us know so we can cut them off <laughs> how much i pit into my 401k because i'm i i'm i want to max it out to nineteen thousand five hundred, and that's going to happen um, the second week of ah. July. And then one of the things I do is I write down how much I paid in taxes. So the more I put it to my 401k, the less I pay in taxes per paycheck, right? And so that's like an incentive for me to put more into my traditional 401k. Um, another thing that I do that's like, maybe you would consider it bad is that I eat out. <laughs> I buy food from the cafeteria. <laughs> how, how often? Because it got to be a balance. Is it too much? I, um, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, Ashley, calm down. But, um, okay, so I don't eat out, like, go dining at restaurants and stuff. This is not what I'm talking about. But, like, I don't pack my lunch, and I should be better at that. Um, but mm. every time... It's something I work on, but it doesn't bother me. Like I invest more than seventy percent of my income, so <laughs> there is room to. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't steal from my future per se, but it does steal. Like maybe I would have wanted to direct that money towards buying clothes or more vacation money or something like that, right? So I am eyeing it, but I do mm -hmm. it. Every time I work, I, I probably spend about 10 to 15 bucks at the cafeteria. It's not horrible, I, you know, so I'm not going to beat myself up, up about it. But it's an area area for improvement. It may happen sooner or later, but, you know, that's just, just, that's just something. You just sparked a memory back in my head. So when I was in 11th and 12th grade back in Houston, I used to work at JCPenney. I was getting paid, I think it was eight eight fifty. So I was getting paid like $8.50 an hour. And just like you were doing, I was going to eat out every day. So that's $10, $15. So basically two hours off the hours that I worked just spending on eating. So that's when I started bringing my lunch to work and doing things like that to save that money. Because I realized if you look at it like, okay, I'm spending $15. I don't worked two, you know, I don't worked, uh, you know, six hours that day. I'm I'm taking away two hours, so it's basically like I only worked four. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's something that I I know, and I also don't have my own kitchen. So there's so many barriers to me 
also their excuses. I, I call them barriers, but they're excuses. But um, it's something that I'm conscious uh, of. <laughs> and so like that, that's my bad thing that I that I don't do. Okay, okay. So I have just one more question for you. You kind of tap, tapped on this a little earlier, and I told you I wanted you to keep that same energy when I asked you. So I need to know, I'm going to read you these two quotes, and I need to know which one is more accurate in your opinion. I got a feeling which one you're going to go with, but I still got to ask you. So the first quote is, money can't buy happiness. And the second quote is, more money, more problems. Which one is more accurate in your opinion? So when more money comes to me, that's an opportunity to help more people. Um, so for sure. Just just on that, like I can I can decide that I'm good and I don't need any more material things. I don't need to invest any more money. I don't need to go on more travel. Like I've already put money aside for those things. But more money comes in means more opportunity for me to be either to better myself so that so that I can help others mm. in the future or for me to like directly just create avenues for other people to um to, to optimize their own lives so yeah money does yeah. doesn't literally buy happiness but it does help you to optimize some of the things that make us um just gives us a, a solid foundation so that we can thrive and then the other one more <clears throat> money more problems again i think that maybe more problems comes in like more people would think that would have certain assumptions about you because you have more money and so or or, or they yeah. think that you make more money and so you attract a certain crowd based on that um but again with that financial literacy piece i just don't know how i would ever feel that more money more problems right um mm. i mean you know more money the more money that you have um at a certain point when i've and get to a certain milestone in my net worth, that's when I'm going to consult mm. with a, a financial um, advisor or an accountant or something like that. Because as you get more, guess, as you get wealthier, there's more implications, more problems um, to, to kind of solve. Uh, and that's when you kind of, you bring in the experts to, to give you like a bird's eye view on how to maneuver things. So um, as, as you get higher up in the game, there's some uniqueness about, um, and how you, how you should move forward. Um, so I wouldn't call it problems, they're just, mm -hmm uniqueness barriers um obstacles to to kind of maneuver gotcha. um as you get wealthier i feel that 100 percent. because if i'm getting more money i don't want more problems maybe more responsibilities but problems because money is a tool in my mind so i'm using that tool to you know solve these not problems because they're not problems but responsibilities to to make more plays basically so I definitely appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on FYI Fly the Podcast. Please let the audience know where to reach you. Any final words? Go ahead, sis. Let's get rich together so that we can, you know, like the financial component, sure. especially for being minority. Let's get the financial, our financial stuff together, our financial foundation together, because we've got political activism and social activism, police reform, all of these social things that we need to set the stage for the next generation to come. And we're not going to get there unless our money game is tight. And so, yeah, that's what Bankable Facts is all about.
I love it. I love it. Thank you so much again. And, you know, we're going to definitely stay locked in and definitely keep uh, keep everyone updated. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much again. And, you know, we're going to definitely stay locked in and definitely keep uh, keep everyone updated on what you're doing. And just thank you so much. Like, you know, like you're so involved. You're so passionate. You're so hype. Like this is the kind of energy that we need. Right. We're going to take it to the top. You already know. So now we're going to take it back to Remy G and me for one of our favorite segments in the show called Did You Know? Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back to FY Fly the Podcast. And y'all already know what time it is, or maybe y'all don't. But me and Mr. Make a Play finna let y'all know. Did you know? According to research from the Investment Company Institute, 44 million U.S. households own at least one type of IRA. Did you know? Roth IRAs are the second most popular and are owned by 19% of all U.S. households. Did you know? While the 401k is one of the best available retirement saving options for many people, only 32% of Americans are investing into one. Did you know? 75% of Americans manage their own future finances with no help from a professional or online service. Did you know? At the end of 2016, 31% of Roth IRA investors were younger than 40. Did you know? Six out of ten workers say they feel confident about being able to enjoy the kind of retirement they want. To wrap everything up for my FYI fly folks still locked in with us, there are many vehicles nowadays that can help us on our road to riches. We just gotta learn and educate ourselves on them to see how they can benefit our lives. Of course, if you don't understand something or have been told false information, then you might be a bit worried or skeptical of these accounts. But son, sometimes it's not even that they were told false information. Sometimes a family member, a friend who wasn't financially educated, tells them about a bad experience they had. Yup, that's true bro, the blind leading the blind. But go ahead and recap the biggest lessons we talked about here today, General. So we learned that a Roth IRA is a tax advantage account where your contributions, which is the money you put in that account from your income, and the growth from the stocks you invest in through that account all grows tax-free. We also learned the high-yield savings account gives more than a regular savings account through your bank, and that we should only be having our peace of mind fund in a high-yield account, and the rest is to be invested. Yes, yeah, sir, G, man. And for our action items, because y'all know we can't leave y'all without them. Everyone please looking to open up a Roth IRA. It's literally the first account we should all have. Bro, sis, with the Roth IRA, we get to grow our money tax-free, invest, and withdraw contributions if necessary. Like, come on now, it's a great play. And look into that high yield savings account. It's really just simple math. A high yield savings account gives you more return than a regular savings account, period. It's time to tap in and get rich like the wealthy do. But that's it from the FY Fly guys. We need y'all too. Stay safe. Stay invested. And stay fly. Thank you all for listening to FY Fly the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's FYI FLI Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly. But don't y'all go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned as each week here on FYI Fly, we like to give an independent artist a place to shine and gain some exposure. And this week we have Stay Down by Leak. Let's go. Praising God, we be flexing the biggest. I'm believing when I pray and I listen. Broke it to know him, you don't know what you missing. You got the chance to live forever, don't miss it. 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 Don't miss it.
Don't miss uh, Jesus wants to give us life, do you accept it? Every promise that he ever made, he always kept it Brody, to be honest, at first I was kinda skeptic I was broken down, I called out to him, life was hectic Listen, I surrendered my whole life, now he protected Yeah, it took some time, I had to change, man, I reflected And homie, if it don't lead back to God, then I reject it You ain't gotta like it or agree, but you're respected He told me, do the gospel rap, now I perfect it Yeah, my ghost writer is the Lord, oh boy, you guessed it We making music, serving Jesus with a message We reach the ones that's lost and helping, we progressing Many people